0: Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Friends, we have, in the first letter of Timothy, Paul to Timothy, chapter 6, A wonderful set of images in one long sentence from verses 13 to 16 where we see two things. One, instructions from Paul to the nascent church, which is like a manual for bishops, this letter is. And then we also see a good template for prayer, which is something we like to pay attention to in this podcast. So listen to it. Beloved. I charge you before God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who gave testimony under Pontius Pilate for the noble confession, to keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the blessed and only ruler will make manifest at the proper time. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in inapproachable unapproachable light, and whom no human being has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal power. So many truths of our faith are here. And what is the charge? Well, we are charged to keep the commandments without stain or reproach. And for how long? Until Jesus returns. And who is he? The blessed and only ruler who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords immortal, dwelling in unapproachable light, and to him all glory and honor. So he presents himself to God the Almighty, the creator of everything, and names him, presents himself before Christ, and names that he presented himself before Pontius Pilate, confessing the truth of why he had come. So we are invited to keep the commandments and to know who our Heavenly Father is and who our Savior is, and we can use those things In our prayers, when we begin our prayers, we can name the names of God and we can quote verses from scripture to speak with God with his own word. How beautiful is that with the author's language. The psalm for today is 100. Come with joy into the presence of the Lord. It is important that every day we find a moment, however long we can, to be in the presence of God. It can be while you're walking in the neighborhood and you're paying attention to nature. It can be in a moment of silence with a cup of tea. It can be at the chapel, at adoration. It can be with the word of God when you're seeking instruction. It can be with a friend that is godly and both of you are having a conversation that is going to place you in the presence of God. It is very good to put music on, And just listen to something that is going to elevate our hearts. It's very good to sit in silence. It's very good to write in a journal and create a diary, a record of our conversations with God. The psalm says, sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. So singing is going to be one of these great ways in which not only do we worship God, but we can also break the in the atmosphere when there's negativity or darkness or feelings that we don't want to really dwell in because they're not really good. We can have some music, we can sing, and immediately our environment is elevated, our soul begins to vibrate at a whole new level. Know that the Lord is God, that he made us, that we're his, and enter the gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise, Bless his name. And that is how we enter the courts like Paul with Thanksgiving, praising God's name when we pray, when we intercede. God is good, the Lord whose kindness endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Come into the joy and the presence of the Lord. And what is the gospel for today? Is we continue in Luke. So we are in chapter 8 now. And when a large crowd has gathered. And it has people from many different towns. Some of them have been journeying with Jesus. We've seen some in the story of uh, the centurion, that there is a crowd around and that Jesus is now building momentum in his mission field. He tells the story, the parable of the sower that sows seed and that some of that seed falls on the path and gets stamped on. Um, and the birds of the sky eat it. Another seed falls on rocky ground, and then it grows, but it doesn't have enough nutrients, so it dies. And another falls amongst thorns, but it's not really able to grow because it chokes with the thorns. And then finally, some is good, and it grows, and it produces fruit. So a lot of people hear this, just like Jesus has this sort of shock factor, and they don't know what to make of it. But Jesus plants these seeds to awaken us to a reality, and that's what God does with our lives, doesn't doesn't he? Sometimes we encounter things in our lives that shake us out of complacency, out of comfort, so that we can begin to see anew. God wants us to see and hear truly with his eyes and with his ears so that our heart may be aligned to his heart. So the disciples, who know Jesus well, Ask, what does it mean? Probably the crowd departs and they're having a private conversation. Maybe they're having a meal together. And he says, knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been granted to you. Sisters, brothers, this is the same for us. Knowledge of the mysteries of God has been granted to us. But to the rest, they're made known through parables. So they may look but not see and hear but not understand. That reminds us of the first letter where we see that Jesus is someone who no human being has seen or can see. But Jesus is saying, I am inviting them through a parable, and hopefully they are going to be rattled internally to want to learn more. The disciples are asking the specifics, what is the meaning of the parable? And He says, the seed is the the word of God. Those on the path are the ones who've heard. The devil comes and takes it away uh, so that they may not believe and be saved or the rocky ground. You receive the word with joy, but without root. You believe for a little while and then temptation takes it away. And then thorns are the anxieties and riches and pleasures of life that choke the word. And only when you have rich soil, those that hear and you embrace it with a generous and good heart, then you are able to produce mature fruit. What does mature fruit mean for you? What does that look like and sound like? What will it be like at the end of time when Jesus comes and says, what mature fruit did you produce? What exactly did you do for the kingdom of heaven For many seasons in our life, it is related to our actions. Like, for example, for me, for a long season, it has been about motherhood. It is about loving our parents when we're younger. It's about finding our calling, finding our purpose and following it and serving the world through that. So bearing fruit is related to our state in life now. When God calls us to love and to the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God that is granted to us, it is our job to do something with it. Because to whom much is given, much is requested from them, right? So if God has given us a lot by preparing us, by equipping us, by teaching us, by instructing us, then we keep placing ourselves in his presence, singing Joyfully with Psalm 100, we keep the commandments as the first letter of Timothy tells us, and we look for ourselves being good soil that receives the word with a generous and good heart. The biggest and the best way that we can do that is by living a life that seeks holiness because as our pastor says, happiness equals holiness. You're not going to find it anywhere else. It might be temporary. It might seem like you're having a great time. But if we are breaking the commandments of God, sadness will creep in because we know in our heart of hearts that those actions end up producing something that is deadly, that is not good. It could be that for a moment we've drunk, we've you know, had some beers or or wine or alcohol, and for a moment, we feel exhilarated and happy, but then we feel, you know, a headache. <laughs> it's the same thing in the spiritual life. Maybe it is that for a moment, we tell a lie. And in telling that lie, we feel like, whoosh, we uh, we got through that one. And, you know, we, could, we, we weren't caught. We didn't get in trouble. But sooner or later, the truth is found out. And then we're delaying that. Or we forget that we told that lie and we're told and then we break a relationship because we don't know who we might have said something to that actually wasn't true. So who can, there's a saying in Spanish, you know, that lies have very short legs they can not get very far and it can be any sin, you know, it can be impurity. Uh, for a moment, uh, you're a married person, but somebody passes by and you feel the compliment that they give you makes you feel really great. And then. You go for coffee with that person and you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you know, that is a temptation that is not going to lead to anything good. So saying no is the right thing, but sometimes we feel good temporarily and then we realize that was a mistake, right? It can be in any category where we're not keeping the commandments of God. The world will tell us that those commandments are constraints that are that are not allowing us to have freedom, and why does it have to be so restrictive? Well, it is not that it's restrictive. It is that it is teaching us how to walk a path of holiness that leads to happiness. And it is like pretending to drive your car, not following the roads, not following the lights in the the stop signs, and pretending that freedom is to drive on people's lawns and just crossing over intersections whenever I, I want. There are rules for living. And life is both a science and an art. It has some principles and it also has some moments of tremendous artistry so let us go to the throne and say father almighty may we be soil where your word takes takes root may we be people of generous and good hearts that produce mature fruit we pray that the blood of jesus may cover us from head to toe and all those whom we love and all that you've given us father in your protection and in your care Help us to keep the commandments that you've given us. Give us the strength, send angels that we can do it. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible, And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.